Hello and welcome to the July 2013 edition of the Goshkia Family Pubcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Pagladapoli. I'm here with the Goshkia Social Gaming Community. Uh, this month we have quite a bit of news. First up, we have our 2013 Double Up Charity event. This year we are sponsoring Project Night Night, which is an organization with several U.S. locations that provides kits for children who have recently lost their homes. Uh, with this year's tornadoes and national disasters hitting an alarming number, we are definitely sending as many care kits as we can their way. Um, our second charity is Candlelighters for Kids with Cancer here in Portland, Oregon. This charity has been working with children diagnosed with cancer for several years now, and we uh, sponsored them last year. This year we're doing it again. Um, we even got enough attention that... Um, ArenaNet even sent out some uh, char stuffed animals to both of these charities. Um, so if you'd like to contribute, you can go to www.gaiscioch.com and look for the link for the Double Up Charity event, or the top right corner of the site says Charity. Um, and that will link you to the information about how to donate. Aside from that, we have some new news with Guild Wars 2. This month, they announced that they will be going to a uh, two patches per month schedule. They will be trying to keep this up. They, they did it in June, and they're going to do it again in July. Uh, they have four content teams working nonstop on new content for us. Um, this last month, we saw the release of Sky Pirates Subteria. Um, it added a couple new things to the uh, World v. World skill lines, including Mortar Mastery. Uh, we also saw a one-button AoE looting, which has proven somewhat useful in, in situations like World v. World. Um, we also had a massive skill overhaul, uh, introduced the new Torment uh, condition type. And uh, I want to open up the floor for a few minutes here and see if anyone has any experiences that they'd like to share about the new dungeons that came in. So did anyone out there get enough time to, to play through one of the new dungeons? Yes. Caitlin, would you like to share what you saw with the new dungeon and what you thought was really neat about it? Well, there's a lot of things I really need about it. Talking about the uh, pirates. Yes. Yeah, that I got an opportunity yesterday. There's jumping puzzle inside for those who like jumping puzzles. There's um, a, a puzzle with lasers that makes you think about how can I do this and not get hit by the lasers. So there's a lot. I think there's things for PVE. And the group I was running with was all WVWers. And they're all boasting about, what's so hard about this? And I said, but it, it is difficult. You can't solo it that I know of. And you do need a group of five if you're going to make it work. So would you say that this is on scale with uh, the previous dungeons, or would you say it's slightly more difficult than most of the dungeons that we have available today? Well, we got through the first time. We, we did die a couple of times. But it was challenging, but not as difficult as like the, what was it, the, the mad dungeon where Harbin 
very few people made through the puzzle. So I liked it. Very nice. And I don't like a lot of PVE content. I personally haven't had a chance to try it out, but I've been listening to a lot of good things about it. Um, I, I think that they're definitely moving in the right direction on introducing some more of the, the challenging content to do at the end. Um, Angeal, would you like to share what you experienced? Well, just with you asking uh, what we thought about where it compares with the other the other dungeons, um, just from my experience with the couple dungeons that I've run, I think it was more difficult than most, but I don't think it was quite on level with uh, a raw explorable, um, especially with, I think it's like the second to last boss in a raw. I think that mechanic's a little more tough, um, but the... Uh, the last boss battle there is definitely rough. It was fun though. I mean, the the only comment I would have is, is on difficult dungeons like that. I think the reward should be a little bit more appropriate for the amount of time you spend completing it. I and mean, I most agree of with us you there. Up with blues. Yeah, I agree with you there too, Caitlin. Uh, the the award scale should. Uh, Definitely go ahead and uh, bump up with some of these new dungeons that they're bringing out that are harder. But uh, it was it was definitely fun. I mean, I only I didn't run through the entire dungeon. I just did that last boss, and just going off that last boss, it was it was really tough. Took a lot of planning, and it took coordination from all the members. Um, if one of your people went down, you were likely to fail um, the uh, dungeon completely. Or at least that last boss battle. So it was hard. Well, we even survived multiple deaths there. You just have to realize that once those circles start showing up on the ground, you got to get out of the area. So improve the rewards is my only comment to, to the development team. Very nice. Um... Coming up next, they have uh, next week, actually, on the 9th, they were planning on launching their next event, which is the, there's a new minigame, uh, Leecher's Bluff, that's coming out. Yeah, there's also the Sanctum of Spirit event, which will start taking place, and the Lessons from the Sky, which begins on July 9th. Um... There's a few new rewards, the aspect back items, the personal quartz node, and the Zephyr Sanctum model um, that are going to be introduced. And there's going to be a new map called Skyhammer, which is set to be launched on the 9th. They're also revamping the reward system and uh, how your account receives achievements and what kind of prizes you can get by unlocking achievements, actually giving it some reason behind earning your achievements, which is really kind of exciting. Um, I have a, a lot of high hopes for where they're going with that. Uh, it seems like they're making it so it's a, a constant buff where you would basically be able to get more gold, laurels, gems, powerful items, such, based on what your achievement score is. Um, they're going to have a whole new UI panel, and they're also introducing the World v. World Build and Repair Mastery. Um, so has anyone heard anything about the achievement reward system that, that they would like to share? Um, go ahead and press the start key and I'll call on you. Go ahead, Nailith. 
Whoops, one second. Go ahead. Well, a lot of people were worried about the you'd have to actually spend your achievement points to get rewards which could lower the score. They've said that's not the way it's going to work. It's looking like it's going to be you get a certain number of points and unlock something. So you actually won't need to reduce your number to get the rewards. Yeah, another thing I've seen is that the, it is retroactive, so everything that you've done up to this point will be considered when it rolls over on uh, Tuesday. I really think it's a good thing because it's actually giving you a reason to try to push for those achievements and reward those that um, go out there out of their way to, to go get those achievements, giving them some kind of reward for it. Um, Caitlin, go ahead. Yeah, Pog, my biggest, I think, gripe about the reward system is for those who are trying to get a precursor, it's pretty much impossible unless you want to spend 600 gold for a precursor, and I thought it was supposed to be a increased chance of obtaining one on the rare chest drops, but I've not heard of anybody getting one. Yeah, I can tell you firsthand that we've been collecting donations for the Great Tyranny Adventure for about three months now, and precursors are one of the items that we've been rewarding people for donating, and we haven't seen a single one come through yet. Um, even though we're we're offering some pretty lofty amounts of reward for it, um, I I really think that they're very rare. I personally, I think I've seen one the whole time I've played. Um, they're they're very very rare, and I, at this point, I think if you're going for a legendary, you literally have to buy it because you will never see that one that you're trying to get. So I'm hoping that this kind of achievement system will help raise the, the rate at which maybe you can get those or maybe if you can buy them outright with uh, you know some kind of laurel or you know yeah. gem or something yeah I think that's what they need to focus on is because there's a lot of people that are frustrated with a legendary process right now yeah I also think there's a lot of us that just won't even do it because it's such a far stretch and you know it's it's just not worth our time and investment in that, I mean, it's like you, you have to offer a little bit of hope to make, you know, the hamsters run for the cheese. I mean, you can collect all the the fangs and the teeth and the clovers and all the other achievements, but if you can't get the precursor, forget it. Yep. So thanks. So again, the new patch should hit Tuesday, I believe, on the 9th. Um, so expect to uh, have a nice long patch on that day. Um, I'm quite certain that there isn't anything really too major that's going to shake the world of Guild Wars 2, but um, it should definitely be a nice addition. You probably will get some rewards on day one when it launches if you've earned any achievements whatsoever. Um, up next, we have our Gashkia family events this month. I'm doing a Monday guild missions in Gashkia Nanu. Um, for those that are available, it's at 4 p.m. server. Um, Tuesday, I'll be doing a roll. Actually, no, I moved it to Wednesday. The, the raw guild missions are going to be Wednesday at 4 p.m. server. Um, the Great Terran Adventure is on Tuesday, and that's on the 5012 uh, raid call. For those interested, that's at 6 p.m. server. We are in the last four weeks of the campaign, 
um, once the adventure is over, we're going to relaunch it and restyle it to be a guild missions event for the entire server. We've roomed one of our Gashkia rooms to basically be a invite for the event and then remove everyone after the event style room where we can invite everyone from the community to join in and get credit for those guild missions. Um, right now we're just taking away the points to unlock the puzzle in that room. And once that's available, we'll be able to run all the guild missions through that room and that room alone. And that will allow us to invite a lot of people. Um, opening up the, the guild missions availability to um, various time frames. So that, like right now, if we try to run a midnight guild missions run, we'd have about 10 people, which make it impossible to complete the challenge. Um, with this ability to be able to invite people and then remove everyone after we're done, it allows us to open up to the community, pull in community members, which gives us the 20 people that we need to be able to pull off a lot of those challenges. Um, so this just means that we have more availability at different times, and we can compensate for the lack of population at times, and be able to bring those commendations to people who normally wouldn't be exposed to them, you know, who are in smaller guilds or they don't want to be committed to a guild. Uh, they can come join us, get their commendations, and go. So I think that that will be a, a really nice event in the future here. Um, on Thursdays at 10 a.m., Jessica is running a morning hours guild, guild mission run in Rawl. Um, Thursday nights is uh, Club Night with the Tuatha at 6 p.m. server. Um, that has been going really good the past few weeks. The, the queues are still there, but they don't really last that long. So um, past few weeks has been 5-10 minutes and then you're in. And then Saturdays, 12 a.m., I'm doing Club Gashkia in Warby World. Uh, Chrissy is doing her uh, Guild Missions Final Call event right before the rollover at 12 p.m. And Saturday uh, at 6 p.m., Spartan's doing his Breaking the Ice event when he's available. Um, and then we have my 11 p.m. server uh, pre-Club Gashkia Guild Mission run as well, which is immediately followed by Club Gashkia on Saturday nights. And that's pretty much our weekly calendar. Does anyone have any questions or comments about our weekly events? Go ahead and press a star now, and I will call on you. Then, Angel. Um, I've kind of been tossing this idea around on the forums, um, and I don't know if people just didn't see it or if they they weren't interested. Um, but I do want to put one more call out there for it. Uh, Starting with this week, um, we attempted to get at least you know five or six um, in yesterday. But uh, starting this week, I want to run somewhere between 10, 15, 20 people um, reset night. Um, so you know, right after eight, we line up in Lions Arch at Portal for a Borderland and just spam F trying to get in um, and go out there and make an instant impact on the battle. And I think. Uh, That'd be something really fun and something that a lot of us uh, could get a lot of use out of. Um, so if, you, if you're interested in that, definitely send me a PM here or um, send me one on the in-game or, or even on the Gashkia website, and uh, I can give you some more information regarding that. Thank you. Uh, Puka, go ahead. I'm sorry, wrong button. Yeah, I just wanted to say... Um, that my Saturday event at 
three server will be coming back. I've been taking a break, but I'll be bringing that back. Awesome news. Always Probably this okay. weekend. This coming up weekend, rather. All right. Does anyone else have any events they're planning on running? At least this month? Well, I've got the morning WBW runs we've been doing every week. And we've had pretty good turnout on those. So if you're interested in WBW, bring any character you want. We're just going out to have a good time. Go ahead, Jessica. I have an event on Mondays from 11 to 1, Wednesdays from 11 to 1, and Fridays from 11 to 1, and then I have the guild missions on Thursdays from 10 to 12. If you guys want to come out, I do PvE events and World Be World. Awesome. That looks like about it. Um, we do have two new commanders this month. Our elders got together and discussed a few new potentials. We have quite a long list of people that we're watching right now. And this month we selected uh, Ryuka and Thora to become our newest commanders. Um, I have one other that I can't announce yet, but I'm going to have a, a chat with them and see if they're up for it. Um, but um, I, I'm very proud of both Ravka and Thora for their efforts to push forward, and, and they will most likely be helping us quite a bit with the future of our, our, of our guild mission activities and make sure everyone gets their foundations at the weird hours of the day. So big congratulations to them both. Next, I would like to talk to you guys a little bit about our Chapter 5 outlook. Um, I know a lot of questions have come up over the past few months um, regarding what makes a Gotchka chapter. Um, I know a lot of you guys have been in guilds in the past that have branched off and do many, many, many games. Um, a lot of times they have 10, 15 people and 30 to 40 games out there, and whatever games the flavor of the week, you all decide to play. And, Fun in. Um, Gashki is a, a little different in the sense that we like to focus our endeavors. We have what we call our brand, the Gashkia brand. Um, we have, have built this name over years and years and years of networking, building relationships with developers. Um, if Gashkia says that they're going to a game, the developer knows that they got a hard group of, of community people that are going to come into their game and build a community within their within their title. Um, that's how we got Sanctum of Raw named Sanctum of Raw, uh, is because ArenaNet knew that if we came and devoted ourselves, this community would be the strongest community in Guild Wars 2. And that's one of the, one of the things that we really try to do is, is build that bridge between developer and gamer. And um, to do that, we have to do a lot of reputation control. Um, if we allowed our name to go out in every game in, in the world, it would be impossible for us to control our reputation. I mean, it would be like trying to op open up a Taco Bell under the name McDonald's. People would go to that Taco Bell expecting tacos, and they would get McDonald's instead. I mean, that wouldn't be good for the reputation, and it would really kind of 
make their brand less worthy or less, uh, it would lower their integrity. Um, what we try to do is create an environment where if you see Goshka, you know what to expect. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, you know what to expect. And that, that's kind of a, a really big thing that we protect. I've copyrighted the name. Um, I do everything in my power to make sure that it's only used for our official branches. We do have a Sager, which we can branch off into pretty much any game that we want. If a, a leader or pretty much anyone who's a lore here or higher, uh, no, correction, if anyone's a Sager or higher, they can actually start a Sager in another game. Um, all they need is 10 people. They need the Warlord rank 5, which means that they know how to lead. Um, but the big thing for, for us to consider a game to be a chapter, it needs to be fantasy-based. And when I say that, I mean swords, shields, bows, arrows, trebuchets, uh, ballistas, catapults. Uh, we're not talking phasers, photons, starships, you know, machine guns. I mean, that's not what we're talking about. We we have had in the past where we've gone into games like Warhammer, where there are guns in it, or Guild Wars 2, which have guns in it, or... Rift, which had technology in it, but we always tend to side with the side that is anti-technology, like we were Guardians and Rift. Um, eventually, I would like to move back to a full fantasy realm game that has no guns at all. Uh, that's mainly just because of the story of the Goshki and who they were, what they did. They were Celts. Celts didn't have guns, uh, much to other people's beliefs. <laughs> so it's it's really a the story of our family, where where it came from, where we're going, and, and kind of the the storytelling essence of our family. It's it's really set in a fantasy world, not in a futuristic world. So we're not going to go to the futuristic games. If you guys want to play futuristic games, that's great. That's that's all well and good. Start Sager, go there. But we as Goshkia will not go there. Um, I'm sorry, that's just not going to happen. The other thing is, is that we do not just jump up and join a game as Goshkia uh, because it's the new greatest thing on the planet. We spend years researching a product. We build relationships with developers. We, we meet with the developers. We, we spend time investigating their product. We run it through a rigorous uh, compatibility chart, um, not only the, to even see if it, the game's worth us looking at, but also by the time it goes live, whether or not it's compatible with us. If it's not, we won't go there. Um, we've had too many times in the past where we've, you know, we're told that something's going to be there and then it never comes. And then we're left high and dry without the one thing that we need to survive, you know, effectively. And uh, what we're trying to do is, is learn from our mistakes and move forward and really kind of build a better Goshtia. Um, I really want you guys to know that if, we're going chapter on this, then you know that we're all in on this. Um, right now, the, the closest thing that we have to that is Elder Scrolls Online. It's looking like that is finally going to bring back the rating side of our family, along with the World v. World side or the Siege side. Um, it has a lot of potential in it. But again, if it doesn't pass the compatibility chart, we won't be going there. Um, it still has a lot of work to do and a lot of goals to be met and a lot of promises to be fulfilled, you know, before we will commit full force into that game. So I would like to open up the floor for anyone. If you have a question, comments, a thought, um, go ahead and hit the star now and I will let you ask away. 
uh, if you want to comment about something you saw on Elder Scrolls and one of the E3 briefs or any of the articles. Um, anything you want to talk about, Elder Scrolls or Chapter 5 related, feel free. Um, just hit the start. Go ahead, Angel. Quick question for you, Fog. Um, have we heard anything about what their pay structure is going to be yet? Have they released anything regarding that? No, they haven't. Okay. And as far as I know, they're still evaluating it. They're playing with some different models to see what's going to fit their product best. Yeah, I know that's what was said last month. I was just wondering if there was uh, any change on that front yet or if we knew we had heard anything else. Well, I can tell you from industry experience that the industry is more and more leaning towards the free-to-play or uh, buy-to-free model, um, kind of like Guild Wars 2. Um, Secret World, the same thing, where you buy, buy the game, got to play forever. Um, that seems to be the trend. A lot of companies are moving away from the subscription model just because they're finding that the modern-day MMO gamer really has ADHD and they don't want to, you know, commit years of their life to a title anymore. They want to play this for two weeks and then go somewhere else and then come back, you know, two weeks later. Um, a lot of people, you know, in the old days played one game for five years. Now we have 50,000 games on the market and we are trying to play them all at the same time. It's really hard for us to commit to one game. Uh, I don't know many people that do anymore. So I think that the, the dynamic of the whole MMO industry has changed and now they're saying, hey, you know, if we go free to play, we can always keep a population on our servers. If we're pay to play, people aren't going to keep that subscription open. They're going to cancel. The servers are going to dry up. When the servers dry up, people decide to leave even more so. And that just causes a chain reaction that constantly bleeds out your product. But uh, the free to play model, you can guarantee that people are always going to be playing because it's free. Um, there's been plenty of crappy games on the market that continuously show good numbers because they're filled with players and as, as long as your community seems alive you know the money is going to keep flowing and and that's the biggest hang-up that a lot of game developers ha are having now and you know the numbers for the free play industry you know the actual profit margins are really phenomenal compared to what we thought that they would be so it's it's really kind of a a, a market that I don't think anyone ever expected to take off that is really starting to boom and really starting to show that yes it is profitable and yes you can run a triple A MMO with this model. In fact even World of Warcraft is looking at microtransactions. They just announced up this this month that they were planning on moving to a microtransaction model. Does anyone else have anything else to add? Go ahead, uh, Havalanda. I put you back. Sorry. <laughs> I see you lit up, but I don't hear anything. Whoops, my bad. All right, um, got sort of like two questions for you. Um, the Ebonheart Pact, how did we end up like deciding uh, to like go that route? Or, and, and also, is that like a final decision? Or, like if we are going to go into Elder Scrolls, are we going to be the Ebonheart Pact? Yes. 
um, mainly because of the Nord. Um, they have a very Celtic influence. Um, a lot of their armor, a lot of their weapons, a lot of their scenery is very um, Irish in nature. It's really themed. There's some characters in the Skyrim game that are actually named after two other gods. Um, it's always really had a big draw for a lot of our members. Um, we typically stick to anything that's kind of Celtic theme. Uh, and if you've ever played Elder Scrolls, the, the Elven race are very stuck up. They're very arrogant. Um, they want to enslave everybody. The South, the Bretons, the Orcs, um, and the Red Guard are all about money and power. Um, the North, however, or the Northeast, uh, where you have the Argonians, the um, Dark Elves, and the uh, Nord, they are the oppressed. They are the people that were treated as slaves. They're too weak to hold power. Um, not only that, but they all are at war with each other. Um, they've never got really gotten along, and that kind of chemistry really makes for some great storytelling. Um, for those that like to roleplay, it's a very, very rich environment. For those that like to, to you know, RVR with story, um, that gives you one heck of a story to, to grow out of, because you're not the arrogant jerk on the battlefield that everyone thinks should die anyways. Um, you're this power that's come from unity and overcoming obstacles and putting aside your grudges with your fellow man and moving forward. It really gives you a, a better, kind of a different spin and kind of more of the spin of what the story of the Gashkia actually had, where we were honorable fighters that unified to try to unite a nation, you know? All right, very good. Thank you. And that and, uh, you know, Morrowind and Skyrim both... Um, their terrain is going to be used for the terrain of the home starter area of Ebonheart. So all those locations that you saw in Morrowind and Skyrim and even Oblivion, you're going to run across those locations inside that part of the world. So unless you were really big on Arena and Daggerfall, you wouldn't really recognize any of the locations in the south. Um, but, you know, nothing says that you won't be playing through that content once you hit max level. Um, the way that they have it set up is after you complete your campaign, you can uh, basically enlist in one of the other two campaigns. And that is a higher difficulty for you to, to uh, complete. Once you complete that one, you can do the third one, which is a higher difficulty than the second one. So if you think about it, tier one is your own realm. Tier two is the second realm of your choice. Tier three is the third realm of your choice. And each time it progressively gets harder for you. All right, cool. Thank you. But you'll probably see that whole map. Um, and, you know, we were playing with the idea of rolling into all three realms, but that just gives us the whole Rift syndrome all over again, where we're going to end up having that discussion of, you know, Daddy loves me more than you, and that's never a good discussion to have. It never Jeez. ends well, and it always burns people. So we pretty much said we're going to Evanheart. That's how it is. If you don't like it, there's plenty of other guilds for you to join. You know, we, we love you anyways. You're welcome to come along with us. You're welcome to keep in touch. But um, we really want to just focus and, and be really good at something. And, again, all that depends on whether or not everything that's said is going to be in this game actually becomes in this game. If it doesn't, then we won't be going there, and this won't be a problem, and we can just sage right up in all three realms and, you know, have to go about a merry little way. Um, 
still has a long way to go. I mean, they're not planning on launching until spring 2014. That's about a year out. So uh, we got a lot of development time. We are in active contact with the developer or the development team. Um, so we are working with them to make sure that it has everything that it, that we need to survive in that game before it goes live. Um, we'll continue working with them, trying to make it the best possible product, even if we don't decide that we're going to go there. Um, I, I have a lot of friends at ZeniMax, and you know I want them to succeed. So anyone else have any questions, comments? Alright, so we're going to break out into the Sanger game roundup. Uh, this month we saw a Rift go free-to-play. I'm not sure if any of you guys are playing, but if you are, uh, make sure to join the Tuat channel and ask for an invite. Uh, we have two guilds there. We have our casual Sanger branch, which is a come-and-go as you please. Um, it's very laid-back. Um, I wouldn't expect to do many raids or anything of that sort. It's more of a just kind of a hangout room. Um, if you want to do raiding, Vagrant has a group called Invicta up. Um, that's what we turned our new water branch into and allowed them to form up a raiding division of the, the, the house. So they are definitely running raids. Um, if you're into that kind of content, uh, definitely give Vagrant a tell. Uh, both of us are in the two author channel, so um, if you ask for an Invicta invite, you'll probably get one right away. Um, Neverwinter officially launched live. Uh, if you haven't played through my Four Relics of Aerie, uh, the the fourth part is almost ready to be played on a wide basis. Um, putting finishing touches on it now, but the first three parts are all done, ready to go. Um, once I finish the fourth, I'm going to do a final round of polish and then submit it to Cryptic and see if we can make uh, the Gashkia Legend infamous. Um, the other cool thing is, is I've managed to work all the people that um, sent in feedback, uh, posted comments, or have helped me make that what it is. I've managed to work you all into the final part of the uh, four-part series. So each one of you will make a cameo somewhere or another in that final um, epic siege battle. So uh, definitely check it out. Um, you can play through the part four now. I've published it. It's in testing, so don't leave any comments yet, but enjoy it. Um, additionally, Wildstar went closed beta 3 and I think 4 um, since the last newsletter went live. Uh, we have some people that are in it, but we aren't sure who. They're bound by NDA not to tell us. So uh, they're playing it, and uh, from what I understand from some of the, the press out there, it's, it's going to be a pretty good game. Um, definitely looks exciting. I know Hex is very much excited about the, the Endeavor, so if you are interested in Wildstar, do sign up for the Sager, uh, jump up on those forums, and uh, let your, your face be known. I also know that we have a group of Gashkia that are playing uh, Final Fantasy. Um, they aren't doing a Sager per se, but they are doing another guild um, of Gashkia members. Just kind of the same type of idea, just on a different brand. Um, you can talk to Connor or Hex about that. I believe Izzy's also involved. And that's about all we got going this month. Does anyone have any questions um, about Gotchkia, about our future, about our past, about, you know, anything in general? Go ahead and put a star and I'll call on you.
Neilith asked if the devs said anything about new uses for the guild merits. Not anything I can talk about. So we'll have to wait and see. Um, Foxy says that there's a Sager in Dragon's Prophet, but it's not listed yet. So hopefully whoever started it will list it soon, and that way we can know about it. Any other comments or questions? All right. Well, then, thank you all for coming out. Um, next month, we will be having another Dragon Family Podcast slash Summit on August 10th. So I look forward to seeing you there. Have a good one.